Napa know-how. Right now, a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil and a platinum filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa full synthetic oil and a platinum filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12 15 19. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> I love that line. Uh, hi, welcome to Geeky Retro Nerd Show podcast. My name's Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. And this is part two of a two-part episode that I'm doing for Back to the Future. Um, last part, I spoke about the differences in the... Um, the original draft, the screenplay, the original screenplay to what we get in the movie. Um, I also spoke about the casting of Christopher Lloyd and I promised that in this next part I would talk about the casting of Michael J. Fox in the movie. So Michael J. Fox was identified as the, the leading contender to play the role of Marty McFly. So Michael J. Fox's first day on set was on January the 14th, 1985. But that was eight weeks into the shooting of the movie. So what happened? Well, if you're you're a fan of the the movie, it's no secret that um, originally a guy called Eric Stoltz was cast. Now, this was because at the time of casting, Michael J. Fox wasn't available and he was he, he he had a clash of schedules with a big TV show in America. I don't think we got it over here. Um, called Family Ties, and he was a huge 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 star because of that. Um, so unfortunately, although he was identified as the leading contender to play Marty McFly, he, he couldn't do it. So Eric Stoltz was cast. And they shot about six or seven weeks with Eric Stoltz. And it was after about 28 days into shooting, uh, which is obviously almost um, six weeks. Uh, And it was actually coming into the halfway point of the planned schedule for shooting the movie. Uh, And they were actually three days behind, but that wasn't Robert Zemeckis' big concern at that point. Um, he, he he had a, a strong sense that it was a, a major problem with the film. And Bob Canton, who is the producer on Back of the Future, he recalls um, getting a call from Robert Zemeckis. Um, and Robert Zemeckis told him that there was some good news and some bad news. And the good news that uh, was that Chris Christopher Lloyd was really good. Um, Tom, who played Biff, really good. Lear and Crispin who play Marty's mom and dad, uh, are also really good. But the bad news was that there was a big hole in the middle of it all and it felt like Eric Stoltz was in a completely different movie. And and Robert Zemeckis felt the audience was going to have a hard time relating to Eric. 
So after Neil Canton had received that call the next day, himself, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis went to the editing room to review what they had already. Uh, and Canton recalls in the Back of the Future book here, uh, there were many times we would watch a scene being filmed, particularly when Eric was working with Chris. Uh, and Bob Gale says it just didn't seem right. We would tell ourselves, okay, he was good in that take, or that part of the take was good, and when it all gets cut together, it'll be okay. But but actually, it wasn't. And after acknowledging the seriousness of the situation, they all felt, and, and Robert Zemeckis agreed, that um, Eric Stoltz would have to be um, recast. So obviously, that, that is a, a huge, huge decision. So the first step in, 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 in getting support to that absolutely massive change was, was trying to get the support of Steven Spielberg and the people at Amblin. And Steven Spielberg says he'd been watching all the dailies up through week five. And he was concerned also that Eric Stoltz wasn't landing all the comedy. So we know in, in Back of the Future that a, a huge part of the film is the comedy. And, and something that Michael J. Fox does really, really good in this movie. But it was felt that Eric Stoltz just, he just wasn't landing it. So Spielberg goes on to say, um, Bob Zemeckis asked if he would look at 45 minutes of the assembled footage. And, and after he showed it, um, nobody said a word. They just all looked at each other. And, and, and Spielberg agreed that recasting was the only way to salvage the production. So what they did was, and, and this is a little bit crafty, this I suppose, um, they, they wanted to go back um, to Michael J. Fox and try and get him involved. But in the meantime, they kept shooting with Eric Stoltz. So with the studio's blessing, they went for Michael J. Fox. And um, what they agreed was, because obviously he, he was still filming Family Ties, but they made an agreement where he was filming Family Ties through the day. And then he would jump in a car and he would travel to Universal um, to shoot Back to the Future. And if you notice, in the movie, there's a lot of nighttime scenes. And that's because he was he was mostly available um, through the night, at nighttime, after he'd finished shooting Family Ties. So that sounds um, absolutely exhausting, and I, and I imagine it was. But in the book, it describes that um, when they gave Michael J. Fox... The script, um, he read it and he actually said it's the best script he's ever read and just wanted to get cracking straight away. And get cracking he did. Um, so his first day of shooting on January the 14th, 1985, was at the Puente Hills Mall, which was the shooting location for Twin Pines Mall and then Lone Pines Mall, of course. Um, and actually in this book, there's a really nice, as a side note, there's a really nice bit about, you know, when um, Einstein's in the car and, and Doc sends um, Einstein through time and the DeLorean and, and Marty's looking on horrified. Um, when you see Einstein, inverted commas, in the car, it's actually um, the stuntman Dick Butler and he's wearing a full size dog suit. Because the DeLorean, it, it, although it's shown to be remote controlled in the film, it actually wasn't. The, the remote control was just a prop. So somebody had to drive the car. And obviously in, in the film, we see Einstein sitting in the driver's seat of the car. Well, next time you watch it, um, that's not 
Einstein, it's a bloke in a dog suit. <laughs> but the real star of the show really is the DeLorean, isn't it? Come on. Such a great looking car. Um, and they and the did such a fantastic job of souping it up for the movie to make it look, you know, like a, like a futuristic um, time traveling machine. Um, I've I've been really really lucky enough to go to Universal in um, Hollywood and Universal in Orlando, and I've seen two of the DeLoreans that were used in the movie, and it is it just looks great. It is such a good looking car. Uh, and obviously, this this um, movie did absolute wonders for it long term, doesn't it? It's a legendary car now, and and in this book, this Back to the Future book, there's a there's a letter from John DeLorean to Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, and I'm going to read it out to you here because it because it's really cool. So, dear gentlemen, last week I had the opportunity to see a screening of Back to the Future in New York and want you to know I think it was absolutely brilliant. I was particularly pleased that the DeLorean motor car was all but immortalised in the film and want to thank all those responsible, Ron Cobb, Andy Probert, Mike Sheff and Kevin Pike for the outstanding job they did in presenting the DMC as the vehicle of the future. They can join my soon-to-be revived design team at any time. Thanks again for continuing my dream in such a positive fashion. Sincerely, John DeLorean. How cool is that? And I'm going to put a, a photograph of that letter on my Patreon page so you can see it. It's really good. Um, but in the letter, obviously, I've just said there, he mentions that he saw a, a screening of Back to the Future. Now, when they originally um, started making this, they had an original release date of may the 24th for memorial day but obviously after the recast it had to be put back a bit and it got put back to july the 19th now they had a few test screenings for back to the future and it was so successful that they wanted to bring it forward um for july the 4th holiday um in usa so they wanted it out by july the 3rd now what i find absolutely fascinating is that they didn't finish filming the movie until, um, well, it was week 22 of the total shooting schedule, um, April the 22nd till April the 26th, 1985. So they didn't finish filming until towards the end of April 1985, and they had the film ready um, for July the 3rd. It was out in time for the July the 4th holiday, which I find absolutely fascinating. And obviously in this time, um, between finishing shooting and getting in theatres, the need to, amongst a whole bunch of other stuff, the need to complete the special effects and obviously incorporate the score. So on the special effects side of things, I had a really good squad um, headed up by Ken Ralston at Industrial Light and Magic to, to include the special effects. But I want to give a, a really special mention to the score. Um, the score in Back to the Future is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, we know it's by Alan Silvestri. And what a job he did with that score. It, 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 I love it. That, that The film wouldn't be half the movie that it is without that score. It, it's absolutely tremendous. And um, a few years ago, I was really lucky enough. Um, actually, it was in 2015. 
um, just about bang on the film's 30th anniversary. Um, Saturday, 27th of June, 2015, I was lucky enough to go to Edinburgh Festival Theatre to see Back to the Future with the score uh, played by a live orchestra. And that live orchestra was um, Scotland's National Orchestra, uh, Royal Scottish National Orchestra, and the conductor was Ernst van Thiel. And I've got to say, it it was absolutely amazing. It was so good. It was it was it was it was quite emotional actually. There was a few times I was in nearly in tears. Um, I don't mind saying. Um, and I've got the program for it here. I'm looking at it right now, and I'll, I'll take some snaps of that, and I'll I'll put those on my uh, Patreon page as well for you to have a look at. Uh, but it, it was it was so good, and I was so impressed. Um, it, it was it was you know I had to keep looking at the orchestra to make sure it was them playing because it was perfect. They absolutely nailed it, and everybody at the end came away just elated. You know that at the end they, they brought the house down. That the applause, the standing ovation, it was absolutely brilliant. And it's on again actually um, next year, two thousand and nineteen. They're doing it again. I can't remember the date. I think it might be April or May. 2019 uh, but they're doing it again if you get the chance please please go uh, and see see this amazing spectacle of a, of a brilliant movie with an ex- excellent live orchestra it's so good so I just want to finish this episode by having a look at the online review scores for Back to the Future and IMDB Give it a respectable 8.5 out of 10, but it should be 10 out of 10. Metacritic, give it a decent 87%, should be 100%. And Rotten Tomatoes, give it an even better 96%, but it should still be 100%. And 95% of Google users like this film. I love it. Like I say, it's it's up there nearly as one of my favourite favorite films it's level pegging with star wars any given day i can it's back the future is my favorite film star wars is my favorite film depends what day of the week you ask us but what we can all agree on is that it's an absolutely fantastic film extremely well written extremely well acted I, i just love it thanks very much for listening to the episode i'll speak again soon thanks again Four jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil and a platinum filter. It's just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa full synthetic oil and a platinum filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12 15 19 and now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. 
That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.